You're listening to The Chain, a science podcast where we bring what is new in biologics and protein engineering to the community of scientists working in the field. We discuss the latest developments with leaders who are on the front lines of cutting-edge research. Five years ago on a mountain road in Portugal, a cancer biologist and a protein engineer had an idea. The biologist was Dr. Carla Satchel from Northwestern University, and she had recently discovered an enzyme that was very potent against RAS oncoprotein. The question was how to deliver it. The engineer was Dr. Roman Melnick from the Hospital for Sick Children, and he had the idea to use diphtheria toxin to deliver such an enzyme. Thus began a scientific collaboration that continues today with research published this July in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. This opens the doors for the first targeted PANRAS inhibitor for cancer therapy, and I'm very pleased that today we're joined by two of the researchers from this early collaboration, Vanya Vidomar, a postdoctoral scholar in Carlos Satchel's lab at Northwestern University, and Greg Bailharts, a research associate at the Hospital for Sick Children. Vanya and Greg, thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. So first, Vanya, um, can you tell a little bit about how you got started on this project? You know, your background on your PhD was a little bit different. Um, and then I'll maybe ask you about the specific enzyme molecule that you were trying to deliver. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm a cancer biologist by by training, and uh, I basically uh, started my like career and experience in the, the cancer field back in, in Italy more than uh, 10 years ago that I was working on uh, something very different, like uh, uh, studying uh, uh, metal-based anti-cancer compounds for, uh, um, for cancer research. And then I got my PhD in pharmacology uh, between the University of Padua in Italy and the University of Strasbourg in, uh, in France, where I, I kept working on uh, uh, routinium-based uh, compounds. And then I moved to the United States for my, for my postdoc. And I did the first postdoc in the obstetric and gynecology department at Northwestern University. And then I moved to uh, the Carla Satchel lab uh, three years ago, where I started working on... Uh, um, uh, the, the molecule that I've been studying, so um, RRSP. And uh, before I, I joined the, the Satchel lab, I really had no experience in the bacterial toxins and uh, I didn't know exactly what to expect from, from, from the project because I never thought about the association of bacterial toxin with uh, anti-cancer therapy. So it was really something new for me. Um, however, when I spoke to my current advisor, Dr. Carla Satchel, for the first time, and she explained to me that uh, the lab had discovered a bacterial protease that uh, cleaves uh, uh, RAS, I got really uh, intrigued and uh, I immediately thought about the potential implication that RRSP could have for anti-cancer therapy. But at the same time, there were no evidences that it was going to work, especially in, uh, in vivo. But at the end, uh, I would say that curiosity won, and uh, I'm glad it went uh, it went this way. So, um, together with the the, the Melnick uh, team and uh, and Greg, so we provided evidence that uh, our our molecule can be successfully uh, delivered in uh, in vivo, for example. So it was really exciting. Yes, you had this great molecule. The next step then was, you know, how do you deliver it to the cancer cells? 
um, which is where Greg and Dr. Melnick's lab comes in. So I was wondering, so let's, I want to hear your story about um, how did you get involved in this research? Because again, I think your uh, PhD research was in drug development, um, yeah. right? Not protein delivery per se. Yeah, that's right. Um, my PhD was in um, small molecule drug development for HIV, um, specifically uh, reverse transcriptase. So that was kind of the background I had, was coming from. And it's a pretty saturated field, as you could imagine, as a lot of drugs against HIV RT. So after a, after a PhD in that, I had learned a lot about proteins and enzymes um, and how they work. And I was sort of looking for a for the next thing. I wasn't really excited about jumping into a postdoc, but we had a, uh, I guess, a, a mutual colleague of of mine and and uh, Roman Melnick, my eventual supervisor, said you guys should talk. And so, you know, she, she said he'll be great for you know give you some career advice. I said okay. So I went in and listened to a lab meeting, and. Uh, they were presenting this stuff with these bacterial toxins that, you know, bound to cell surface receptors and got internalized and then made pores and membranes and then shuttled proteins through these pores into the cytosol. And it was kind of a mind blowing moment for me. Um, I just thought it was really, really cool. And uh, I had thought that toxins were small molecules for, I didn't even realize that a lot of these, you know, diphtheria, anthrax, that these are proteins. Um, and so I, I got kind of excited and, you know, Dr. Melnick and I started talking and a few hours later, I had, I had walked into his office looking for career advice. And by the end of it, I was asking him if I could postdoc in his lab. Um, and so we started writing some grants and eventually got one. And so I, I started on the project from there. Both Dr. Melnick and uh, Dr. Satchel really convinced both of you, like brought you over to the, <laughs> the dark side yeah. of proteins. <laughs> Or the light That's side. Right. They sure did. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty easy sell, as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me as well. Yeah, but being new at the time, I guess, how did your outlook or understanding of the importance of both the, the diphtheria toxin and then also the enzyme, like how did that change your understanding of you know, what it takes to deliver these proteins and the role of, um, that these play? Yeah, well, for me, you know, again, with the small molecule background, for me, it was, that's what drugs are, right? They're small molecules. That's how you make drugs. And sure, there's biologics, but those are just antibodies. Um, And so, you know, when I started getting into this whole protein delivery thing, you know, you start thinking about how proteins and enzymes in particular would be incredible drugs. You know, if you were to design a drug, you would probably design an enzyme. Um, or at least a, a protein. And, you know, so the difficulty is, of course, in getting these protein drugs that one might create across cell membranes, um, which makes perfect sense because the cell membrane is actually exquisitely designed to prevent the easy diffusion of proteins. That essentially defines a cell, right? Um and so it's just sort of changed my entire perspective on what drugs could be, um, 
and really, you know, this was a major problem that I didn't even know existed until I started that, oh yeah, we really want to deliver proteins, not only across cell membranes, but into specific cells, into specific compartments in a controlled way. Um, and that would open up, you know, I think something like 60% of the human proteome is stuck inside of a cell. So every biologic that we have, I think maybe with very few exceptions, targets, um, drug targets on the outside of a cell. So either secreted proteins or cell surface proteins. So the inside of a cell where most things are happening um, are just, it's, it's, it's sort of a wasteland of, uh, of undruggable things with protein drugs. So, you know, being able to deliver proteins that we could design even or find, you know, in, in, the, in our case, um, would be transformative. So I kind of changed my view on what, how proteins work and what they are and um, got me really excited about it. Vanya, did you have any thoughts on, I guess, how your understanding as a coming at it from the biology side, you know, using the enzymes molecules, but utilizing, you know, that delivery platform to bring it in. Um, what were some of the big takeaways for you in this research? Yeah, so as uh, also Greg mentioned, also for me, I mean, I I really didn't know much about like uh, uh, protein toxins and uh, in general, like proteins that can be you know, um, use for, uh, um, for example, cancer therapy and how to, how to deliver them. So as, as I said, it was something completely, completely new for me. And, uh, I really had to start reading a lot of papers and study about this, uh, this, uh, th this field. And, uh, but then, you know, when I started reading and, uh, I really like a new field opened up for, for me, and I really saw the, 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 the potential application that, uh, for example, this, uh, um, delivery system, like based on DT, for example, um, they can, uh, they can be really useful for delivering, uh, biologics such as our, our molecule RRSP. And uh, it was it was actually really um, really great because uh, we can we could really see a, a potential uh, application a translational uh, application of um, of uh, basically our our research. So it has been uh, it has been really like a I mean for me a, a like an amazing discovery. Yeah, being able to see I guess the end of the tunnel. You know that application like you were saying yeah absolutely because obviously like uh proteins being large macromolecules that they cannot diffuse uh, uh, actively um um sorry passively across the cell uh, cell membrane they really need something to get into the cell and uh, there are like different systems that that can do that but i really never thought about uh, like other like protein based delivery systems such as dt that can be really really um efficient Looking towards the future, uh, so what are the next steps in the research? You had a lot of success, but again, you know, very potent toxin, um, you know, delivering that into a human body versus like the in vivo studies. I'm just, you know, are there concerns about, say, the safety of the molecule going forwards? And how do you look to address that? 
yeah well i can i can start so obviously yes there are, there are some uh, some concerns because the, the molecules as is cannot like uh, be for example administered into a human being uh, because we have some some like uh, um, issue that we need to uh, that, that we need to address, but we are working on uh, on it, and uh, especially in collaboration with uh, with Greg and Dr. Dr. Melnik, uh, uh, we are kind of trying to uh, to find like uh, a more like safety way to to deliver this uh, uh, biologic, especially uh, to cancer cells, in order that uh, like normal healthy cells won't be affected by uh, by this. And uh, we are also trying to mask uh, uh, this uh, molecule from the immune system since it's something like foreign uh, when uh, like administered to, a, to the human body. So those are the two uh, main things that we are working on right now. And I guess for the specific about the, the delivery system, the improved delivery system, uh, probably Greg can add uh, uh, more information, more specific information uh, than uh, than me. But those are the main two things that we are trying to to work on right now. Yeah, uh, I'll, and I'll I can just add, um, you know, from because RRSP is you know truly a a pan RAS inhibitor, um, as as Vanya mentioned, you know, this is not really something that you want to deliver into every cell in the body. So even if it's very efficiently delivered, you know, RAS is a hugely important oncogene, but it's also a hugely important you know, regular gene for almost every healthy tissue. Um, and so this is this is not new, the idea of, of retargeting diphtheriotoxin. Um, and so you know, what we've been playing with for a long time and a lot of other groups is sort of replacing the receptor binding domain on, on DT with, you know, any sort of protein binding moiety of your choice. So people have done antibody fragments um, and sort of these new synthetic binding proteins, bodies, monobodies, all the bodies that have been developed. Um, and what's been generally found is that some stuff works and some stuff doesn't. And it's pretty empirical to figure out why that is. And so in our goal, which is, is essentially to target RSP to only tumor cells, you know, the first thing we look for is a receptor that's only expressed on, on tumor cells and not in normal cells. But that, as, as, as Daniel will tell you, I'm sure that that doesn't actually exist, right? There's, there's no true tumor-specific receptor. Um, so you have to do the best you can, you know, things that are upregulated in tumors and, you know, poorly expressed everywhere else, or at least on critical tissues. And, uh, but our goal is actually to go a little bit deeper than that. We want to try and understand why some things work and some things don't as far as getting cargo into cells. So, um, we're at a point where we do understand a lot more than I think we have in the past. And, you know, it comes down to epitope on a particular cell, cell surface receptor. Um, you want to induce internalization when you bind. You don't just want to sit on the outside of the cell. Um, you want it to be trafficked correctly. You know, if the receptor is rapidly recycled, then you're probably going to lose some potency. Um, and you probably want you know, as high a 
a potency or as tight a binding event as you can. Um, but we've also shown that even high binding affinity has limits in, uh, in, in what it can do. But we have some combinations now. And you, so the nice thing about protein engineering with this molecule is that you can add one receptor binding domain to hit one receptor. You can add two in tandem to hit two different receptors or maybe two to hit the same one twice. Um, so there's a lot of different things that, uh, that you can do. And, and we've, we've shown with some combinations of receptor binding domains that we can get exceptionally potent toxins down in the low or even sub-femtomolar range which is not really a range of molecules that biologists are used to talking about. Um, but it really is incredible how, how potent these can be. So the challenge becomes, especially as, as Vanya said, the, uh, the, the immunogenicity of this protein is probably going to be a problem. So eventually dosing patients with as little of it as possible is probably to our benefit. Um, so we have some exciting results, but that's sort of what we're working on now, trying to expand that. Yeah, I mean, I look forward to seeing the future research. But before before we go, um, I what I find interesting is that I think we, you know, last time we talked, the in vivo experiments were happening in March or early spring, and or. They Sometime were last year. Yeah, so part of them they were happening actually uh, for the, the, this project were happening like last uh, last year. But we continue uh, the the project also this uh, this year actually during the the pandemic, and we we got some interesting results because we are trying to expand uh, the spectrum of cancer that can be targeted with uh, um, RRSPDTB. So in our uh, previous work, uh, we basically uh, tested our molecule on uh, um, triple negative breast cancers and uh, colorectal cancer in uh, in vivo mouse uh, model, and we really um, got uh, good very good results uh, and then we expanded also on other cancer types in particular um, pancreatic cancer and we are working on uh, on that actually uh, right right now because it is known that especially pancreatic cancer is uh, the uh, the most known ras driven cancer where basically keras mutations are up to like 98% of the of the patients so they are basically like every I mean, they are always there. And uh, that is, uh, I think, one of the main challenges and also pancreatic, pancreatic cancer and cancer therapy is one of the, is the first unmet medical need, I would say, in, uh, in oncology. So now our efforts are really also toward this, uh, this cancer type. So, and um, yeah, our project is, is in progress and um, it's, uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, a clear need, you know, cancer is unfortunately always with us. Yeah. And we've, this research has really sort of survived the, the slowdowns and the shutdowns of the pandemic, which is great to see that you've been able to keep yeah. the collaboration going um, to meet, you know, another urgent health need. You know, we have pressing things right now as well with COVID-19, but you know, it's great to see that the science for cancer and other yeah. things we've been working on for years is still going. Yep. Um, were there any issues with, you know, working through the pandemic and shutdowns that you guys 
found or was it, you know, you could do most of it still? Well, even in Chica- yeah, even in Chicago, exactly. So, uh, for example, people like uh, like me that had like um, uh, ongoing uh, mouse experiments right, right before the shutdown, we were deemed essentials. And so we were allowed to to work, especially uh, with uh, uh, with uh, with mice. And uh, uh, as uh, I, I mentioned earlier, basically, um, I mean, a few people were around at that time. So it was actually easy to, to work, especially in the, in the animal uh, facility, because uh, there was almost no contact with, uh, with, other, uh, with other people doing experiment at the same time. So I have to say that uh, it worked out uh, uh, nice during the, the pandemic and we were able to basically finished the in vivo experiment that we started back in January and February. Yeah, we, we were pretty much shut down right away in Toronto. And so we were, we were locked out until June. So it was a bit of a, a bump in the road, but yeah. yeah. And the paper was published in July, I think. Yes. So yes. It, nice. One month to wrap things up. Right. Um, <laughs> So it's great to hear that you were able to, you know, get this out and publish and continue the research. Um, so I look forward to seeing, you know, where this goes and keeping a tab on um, both the labs going forward. Uh, Greg and Vanya, thank you so much for taking time today and sharing. Thank you thank for you so having. Much. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on the chain. Tune in next episode for more conversations about science, research, and exploring the world of protein engineering.